don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds, Instagram will eclipse uh, Snapchat this year for time spent on the platform per average session. Theo and I are back for another very special episode of Breaking Social, this time covering all the major social media stories to break in May. Yes, Facebook has introduced yet another algorithm change, which definitely pushes content more towards the meaningful side. We actually got more of a definition on what that is this time. Instagram has moved towards landscape IGTV, so it'd be interesting to see how that affects things. Snapchat as well is starting to find its sound by bringing music licensing deals to the platform, meaning that users will be able to use commercial music in their snaps. And Twitter has updated its platform with a number of new features aimed at improving the health of public conversation. They've also got a job listing posting at the moment, which hasn't been filled yet, which I think many of you will be interested in. And I imagine Eve might be as well. Stuff that you can make specifically for Vertical, afford, it can afford so much more creativity yep. that it should be allowed its own format, like it should be allowed to be its own thing. All this and plenty more coming up. Eve. We are here in June. It is a, well, a rather grand 15 degrees outside, I believe. I yeah, lovely. Uh, the sun has been shining in Manchester for several days. <laughs> um, of course, we wouldn't know because we are back in the studio for another break in social. We are, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I want to start and kick off this, usually like how we kick off the uh, WhatsApp bulletins we do. And this was some news that broke uh, about a week ago, I believe, uh, from this episode. And that was news that T-Series, the Bollywood YouTube channel, the Indian-based Bollywood YouTube channel, has become the first YouTube channel in history to reach 100 million subscribers. 100 million, wow. Which is incredible. That is actually Although, massive. I must admit, I, I I kind of was a bit surprised by this news. Really? Just because oh, I, thought, no. I thought somebody had already done it. I mean, I'm not much of a, a YouTube enthusiast myself. No, that's admit, a right? lot. And to be fair, it makes sense. Bollywood is really popular. It's massive. Yeah. It's absolutely massive. Huge. I need to look into it more. I mean, they beat PewDiePie, which is the big story, which, yeah. uh, um, you know, I won't say too much about that <laughs> in case <laughs> any PewDiePie fans are listening. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, any reprisals. But yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's crack on. So the big news, uh, I suppose, following F8, which was uh, last month, has been the Facebook mm. algorithm change. Yeah. Which, I mean, almost happened immediately after F8, and it's something that we've been talking about quite a bit. Yeah. Um, starting with the fact that, I mean, it's, it's funny, it's one of these stories that you always hear about, but it's going back to that prioritising content from friends and family, but also, more so than ever before, a focus on meaningful engagement. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, like, they're fixing the problems that came around from meaningful engagement the first time around. So when they made that first change and they said, we're going to prioritize content uh, over for friends and family over pages and publishers and whatnot, it was like you were seeing 
content from friends and family, but not people that you interact with a lot or not people that you're actually close with in real life. Um, and what they've done now is basically change it. So you'll be seeing content from people based on who you like check into places with, who you're tagged in photos with, um, like who comment on the same things quite a lot. So they're actually trying to gauge who you speak to in real life, um, which is a lot better than just seeing like, opposed from your cousin over say like I would prefer to see a video from a page that I actually really like and engage yeah. over someone that I went to school with you know five years ago and don't really remember there's got to um, be that balance hasn't there completely. yeah so they're so they're fixing that which is good so that's one side of things the meaningful engagement side um, but the other side is this push away from clickbaity posts users are now being pushed to flag what they think is fake news um, Facebook is encouraging publishers to legitimize themselves so i've been speaking to some of the guys over media chain which is our publishing house um, and they've said we've had to register all of our pages as official news publisher pages so that facebook um will you know accept that what you're putting out there is uh, legit and mm. you know making sure mm. that you're not spreading clickbait fake news or, or what have you um and sort of on the back of the meaningful engagement stuff as well pages have seen their reach um, go down but that happens whenever Facebook brings out a change yeah. to the algorithm like your reach will dip while they're getting everything figured out and you have to jump through hoops and then you know hopefully fingers crossed if they've done everything right you'll see that pick up again um, and what some of the guys student problems guys and Seymour guys have actually been saying is that because so many pages are spammy, they won't be going through this process to legitimise themselves mm. as a news publisher. If they even do try it and they're not legit, like they'll they'll get found out or they'll get denied. And actually, for the pages that are doing it right and who are legit, you'll find that when they come out the other end, hopefully competition will have actually lessened so they'll have a better shot at reaching more people. So they still have to compete with that from friends and family, but they won't also be competing with the, all of these other pages as well. It's like a culling process, isn't it? The, yes. one, the one thing that sticks out in my mind most of all is the need, and we've said it over many years, is the need to diversify uh, not just your news offering or, or the content you offer, but diversifying across uh, Facebook's many avenues. So, yeah. for instance, groups, there's going to be much more of a focus on that, which we did cover post F8, mm. uh, the focus on groups. Um, and for me, I think that sort of manifests itself in a lot more what I've been calling sort of UGC news, mm. you know, that invites interaction, that invites people to tell, you know, stories on that local level. And you see a lot of the news publishers do it in their comments section. So, you know, throughout the topic, tell us what you think of this, you know, and that becomes a sort of curated news piece in itself. So. Yeah. I feel like news is very self-serving at the moment, but, you know, there, there obviously needs to be more of a focus on that back and forth kind of conversation between yeah. publishers and users themselves. Yeah, no, definitely, because that that's what's going to help publishers get seen more in the feed mm. anyway, mm. like encouraging that sort of meaningful interaction and getting people to actually create their own conversations around the stories they're putting out there. So, yeah, we're seeing a lot of publishers try and move towards groups for that, and I think it's a really positive thing. It's something Twitter does so well, isn't it? Because, I mean, how, mm. how often do you really sort of, uh, you know, read a news story and then feel compelled to kind of interact or to comment or to like or to whatever, yeah. you know, usually if, if it's me, I kind of get my news and then and then that's it. But like you said, with Facebook, focusing more uh, emphasis on this need to interact. And that, that actually brings me on to another point. One of the interesting things I found uh, when reading through this algorithm change was also the kind of uh, them coming out and being quite clear about predicting behavior. So, mm -hmm. okay, you know, like you said, you may interact with your cousin now, you know, and, and you may have known this person from school or whatever, 
but the fact that they are going to be tracking the actions you take over time. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, you know, we, we, we made this joke, I think, a few weeks ago when you sort of follow like a, a kind of super fans page for Cartoon <laughs> Network or whatever, yeah. you know, 10 years ago because it's all nostalgic and you're still getting posts from it now. Yeah. They're going to really sort of grow with you. And, you know, overall, the aim is, uh, you know, as we always say, to keep more people on the platform for longer. And, you know, it's, it'll, by, by and large, it's positive changes. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm glad that they're doing that, to be honest. It makes sense because you shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't be seeing posts from pages that you followed five years ago no. or friends that you knew five years ago. Um, but, you know, people get a bit territorial don't they about like looking at those but they'll they'll be they'll be glad for it in the long run if it means that you're seeing posts from people that you actually care about um then yeah so you know they actually surveyed a whole uh, like a massive group of Mm. users and they they did a survey basically asking people first and foremost what um like what sort of interactions matter to them so like how they should be judged um and they were like you know, is it the, is it things like checking into the same place and got those answers directly from the users, and then they actually cross match what people told them versus what they could actually read by mm. by tracking those mm. actions. Um, so what like what the uh, algorithm has resulted in is like a mix between the two. So it should be pretty accurate, which is good. I'd be interested to know anybody listening to this if anybody has in fact been surveyed uh, by Facebook because yeah. we've seen a few of the surveys pop up. They'll show you like a few posts, won't they, and say mm. what matters to you most and and whatnot. So it's um, it's definitely what we've been focusing on a lot lately, which is this era of uh, user led change, which has also taken place on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so the big one there is that IGTV, the product that Instagram launched, uh, it'd be about a year ago now. It was last yeah, last, last summer, summer, summer 2018. Um, we'll be going from a vertical only platform to a landscape platform as well. So, you know, from now, pretty much, you'll be able to watch landscape video on IGTV, not not fully optimised to the landscape experience, which raised a few eyebrows in the office, you know, we must say so. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm just, I'm a bit disappointed in them, I'm not going to lie. I I think this could actually be heralded as their first failure. I feel like they they should have just stuck it out because it was improving. In the last two, three months, we've really seen it improving. Mm, That's mm. largely down to the fact that they'd enabled sharing in your Instagram feed. So once you share an IGTV video to your feed, the view figures and the engagement just increased tenfold. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I honestly think it really was starting to affect her, people's behaviour. People were getting used to it. Mm, um, like mm. It would have happened slowly but surely. But at the end of the day, they are being very um, precious about their creator community at the mm. moment. You mm. know, they they want to monetize creator content. They need the creator's support. Mm. Um, mm. And it was creator feedback that made them make this change. Mm. Um, mm. They, like creators have been saying that they wanted to be able to adapt um, like content they'd already made, like YouTube videos for yep. IGTV. Um, and it was just being a bit of a pain in the bum to them to have to you know, rework existing content for a vertical format. But I think like that's part of the problem. Yeah, like yeah. they it feels a bit lazy, yeah, doesn't it's, it? It's 100% lazy. Um, like, first of all, why would you just create the same content for IGTV that you would for YouTube? Yeah. YouTube yeah. Is, is paying them yeah. uh, and IGTV isn't. Um, so I don't see why, like, where's the incentive to just carry that over? Um, but yeah, also, if you're just reworking content that you've already shot and created in landscape, if you're just reworking that for a different platform, you're not making the most of the platform anyway, no, like you're not using no. it how it should be used. And I think that, you know, for them to have done it properly, they should have been shooting and creating content with vertical in mind. 
Um, so someone gave an example, like they they wanted to watch a, a basketball video yeah. on IGTV and said that didn't necessarily work for the vertical format. So they found it a bit jarring to watch, and they you know they wanted something that filled the screen, but. If that's always going to be the case for certain types of content, first of all, I think it can work. Like you can just be a bit smarter with it. Yeah. And second of all, then don't put that kind of content on it goes IGTV. Square, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it, like it doesn't you have to be to watch, one for all. or you might go to you know whatever. Yeah, exactly, I've exactly. Got, uh, it 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 needs to like do its own thing. And I think Instagram's just given into a bit of peer pressure on the side of things. I've got a quote here from Instagram, which I'll read out so I get it uh, correct. In many ways, opening IGTV to more than just vertical videos is similar to when we opened Instagram to more than just square video photos back in 2015, end quote. Now, I understand the sentiment, but that to me, instantly reading that, it felt like, okay, when you moved from square photos in 2015, it was an innovation. This doesn't feel like an innovation. For me, moving IGTV back to landscape video as well as vertical, it seems like a step backwards. It does. It's like you said, it seems like a sort of uh, admittance of, 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 of sort of failure. You know, it seems like a kind of... We, we couldn't move, uh, we couldn't shift user behavior fast enough. So they've, yeah. so they've gone to this, uh, you know, landscape as well situation. Mm. And I completely agree with the sentiment that it feels, it feels slightly lazy, for instance. It's a sort of caving to creator pressure, which mm. I know, you know, they are your main audience. But at the same time, you know, I think Vertical has done something great in that it's pushed, uh, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it's pushed the boundaries a bit. It's made uh, brands, publishers and creators have to get more inventive with yeah, their definitely. content. It, it's, it created a new format. Mm. Like The way that some people are using stories still is just so creative. And it's the difference between... Yeah, you might want to watch a long-form video in landscape, mm. depending on if it's a short film or or, or a tutorial video yeah. or what have you. That's fine. But stuff that you can make specifically for vertical, afford, it can afford so much more creativity yeah. that it should be allowed its own format, like it should be allowed to be its own thing. And it's led to a rise in what, what, what we've covered before as well. These people-led stories, obviously the portrait... Uh, sort of vertical mode mm. 916 it lends itself to this these people told stories you yeah. know it's it, it's sort of face on it, it yeah, a much more intimate experience when you're watching i think definitely and I've, I've, I've got news to vertical i i kind of being honest with you this this for me as a as a as a viewer not a creator it seems very as i say counterproductive it seems like a change that i wouldn't of minded either way. I, I yeah. wouldn't have been bothered had it come in, had it not come in. Yeah, no, me so. too. Do you know, I, I completely agree. I was watching a YouTube video the other day um, and I had my phone in, in portrait because that's how I naturally want to hold it. And I was sort of like bracing myself to turn it over so I could watch it properly, even though I will just sit there and mm -hmm. like squint mm -hmm. down and look at the small version because I can't be bothered to turn mm -hmm. my phone. And you know, YouTube uh, a while ago brought out portrait ads. Yeah. So an advert came on that filled the whole screen. Yeah. And I actually found myself like, almost like relax into watching that a bit, even yeah, though it was an advert yeah. and not the content I'd came for, because it was easier to watch, like yeah. less jarring. When it went back up to a like tiny landscape version of the actual video, I was like a bit annoyed then. Yeah, for, for me as well, it comes down to where where is the differentiation between uh, vertical and landscape formats now? So, I mean, for instance, obviously you you had IGTV, you had the, the great success of stories, which in my mind makes this even more strange that they go to landscape. Yeah. But how does this differ now from Facebook Watch, from YouTube, from, from all other content on the platform? I felt IGTV, they were really on the cusp of something unique. Yeah. 
with vertical, be it short form or long form, in many cases, long form videos, which we all got used to. And now it's a bit like, okay, right. So, you know, it, it feels to me like there's an identity crisis coming where it's going to be just YouTube or it's going to be Facebook Watch or it's going to mm. be, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to yeah. me. So like for, for like within the Facebook family then, I guess like they're still differentiating it from Facebook Watch in the sense that it's not getting like, episodes mm. like it won't be it won't be mm. series even though facebook watch hasn't done particularly well for that either well, exactly yeah. for me it is just now like a complete replica of youtube but at the end of the day instagram can be the most popular social app in the world but for video streaming yeah. youtube it's like it's just you i don't think you can be it i really don't no, no. especially with creators as well like they've built up their communities there first and foremost um, so yeah, I think if it's YouTube, they're trying to copy. They've made a bit of a mistake. I mean, I mean, to be honest, from a from a brand perspective, my instant recommendation would be to you know carry on with vertical because there's going to be what I see as a sort of chasm in creativity where mm. you know there there is the landscape content which everybody's more used to, so mm. it's a safer option. People you know say it's easier to create. And then there's going to be the people who stick with vertical, who carry on, you know, telling these vertical stories. I think they're going to be the ones that win because there's yeah. going to be, you know, a, a shift in sort of the old and the new. And I think the people who are, you know, at the new side of that, carrying on with that, are definitely, they're definitely going to see um, a return. Mm. In saying that, yeah. um, IGTV hasn't been the failure we uh, we were saying that it was about a year ago, basically, or not a year ago, but maybe about six months ago. So I, I pulled a stat this morning, which said, uh, and this was immediately after uh, IGTV introduced previews in the feed, mm. obviously a massive step up, that uh, views had rocketed 300 to 1,000%. Yeah, following that. So, yeah. and I've I've seen it myself in my own in my own behaviour. Often I watch the the preview, which might be about two minutes long, and then I'll, you know, I'll be on BBC News and I'll be like, you know what, I want to see the rest of this. Put it onto IGTV, and I will catch the other fifty seconds or a minute or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I think on your first point, yeah, I really agree. Like the wheat will be separated from the chaff, hundred percent. You'll get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the people who are just being lazy and deciding to cross post and the people who persevere with making that dedicated vertical content will stand out in comparison. So yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, But yeah, like it was what, a month ago when we had, we have um, our internal workplace group and it was Steve who posted something saying, is anyone else seeing these these figures on IGTV? Uh, and we were like, yeah, like we'd seen it as well. A lot of our pages seen the same thing. It's just around around the like, a few week mark after they started mm-hmm. um, letting users share it to to their feeds. Uh, that yeah, the figures just absolutely skyrocketed. So like this is what I mean. It was just coming into its own. So yeah. now seems yeah. a really strange time to give up. I, I wonder, saying this, how landscape previews will now look in the feed. Because we're so used to sort of Insta- Instagram posts, you know, by by nature of development, they've they've gotten longer, they've gotten taller. Mm. Yeah, it'll, it'll just, it'll just this... be smaller. Because oh. like, if you're scrolling in feed, you're never gonna be able to turn it on its side, are you? No. So no. It, it'll just be again one of those things where you have to squint down and watch it in smaller. Be interesting. Which is annoying. Yeah, I feel like we think that. Uh, the, the, the sort of assumption is that Instagram and Facebook, they always know what they're doing. But again, mm. it, it's, it's like we said, it's going back to this, uh, you know, creator pressure, which, you know, at the end of the day may pay off, but we will see. Um, 
one thing I w think will pay off is a development that Snapchat are in at the moment, and that is bringing uh, blanket licensed music mm. deals to the platform. So essentially, to, to shed a bit of context on this, big music buff, and this, this definitely interests okay, me. Yeah, yeah, this is the... Uh, <laughs> so about a year ago, or, or, I think it was... Yeah, I'd say about a year ago, Instagram... Um, the news sort of broke that they had started signing blanket licensing mm. deals with the majors. So that's Universal, uh, Sony and Warner. And yeah, from Sony Music was on the podcast speaking to us previously. Um, now, this is an interesting one because uh, for, for me, it's all about the richness of content, bringing music onto the platform. And I think definitely when Instagram began signing these blanket licensing deals with, with major record labels, you instantly saw a shoot of people uh, using commercial music within their stories, mm. whether that be to sort of enhance their content, whether to show people what they were listening to with integration with Spotify. So now Snapchat, seeing the success of TikTok and obviously seeing what Instagram have done with these deals, have made a move to bring music to their platforms. And they're in talks with the uh, major record labels at the moment to essentially sign these deals that mean you can go into the library by way of a sticker or, or, or however you would on Snapchat and, and use this music within your snaps. Mm. Uh, They've already signed, uh, I was reading this morning, they've already signed a deal with an Indian uh, streaming company called Geosavan. Hope I've said that right. <laughs> Please correct me if I haven't. Uh, where they have 12.5 million uh, followers already in India. Wow. So That's quite big. Well, it's an interesting one. Yeah, it reminds me of like um, TikTok as well. Like You're right, it is like the richness of content. Yeah. I think I'm still bitter because I still haven't got the music sticker for Instagram. Still not it's to this a, day. It's a bug. I think if wow. I haven't got it by now, I've rolled out like, yeah, it's, oh it's a word. bug. So yeah, infuriating for me. But when I watch other people's Instagram stories and uh, they've put music over the top, especially if that music then um, like connects somehow to mm. the content they've created, mm. it just brings it up a level. And I think, yeah, it's a great idea for Snapchat to get involved in this. Do you think that this will stand them in good stead for competing with Instagram and TikTok now? It's a, it's always a tough one. I, I think Snapchat, there, there won't be a time when it doesn't pale in comparison to user numbers with Instagram and now TikTok. Mm. Um, what I think it will do is keep Snapchat's existing teen users engaged and, and be one more reason for them not to go elsewhere. Yeah. And it may even attract other people. I mean, we always talk about teens, but, you know, people younger than that who are going to be eventually coming of age and coming to the platform. I think it has... It's, I, I, I think it's the, nat, the next natural step in content. And we talk about this as being a user-centric update, but I always think the bigger picture for record labels to use social as a distribution channel for new music... There's such a massive opportunity there, yeah. especially with uh, lenses. We've already seen, um, I think, artists like Katy Perry drop sort of new music by way of lenses on Snapchat, mm. and many others have done this. Yeah, so this Ariana a, Grande did it with um, Sweetener. That's it. This, this that, is just yeah, another yeah. step up, especially in that pop music field. Uh, you know, will they take a, a leaf out of TikTok's book with with, with challenges? I think we're mm. going to see that become a lot more prevalent. Obviously, that was an original TikTok idea, which is you know turned into a massive 
massive sort of viral success everywhere mm. you look. I, I think it is the next step up. And I think one interesting thing will be to see greater integration with um, streaming sites as well. So yeah. like Spotify, like uh, Apple Music, and who knows, eventually podcasts. That's not that's yeah. not one thing we've, we've spoken about. Listening to podcasts on Instagram and Snapchat and yeah. TikTok, whether that, whether that, that becomes a thing eventually. Yeah. Instagram stories brings that a podcast a sticker. Podcast got a sticker, sticker of everything yeah, these days. Exactly. But I, exactly. I think Snapchat's been actually really smart with this. It's sort of giving Instagram a taste of their own medicine. So if you think back in the day when Instagram um, copied stories yeah. it was taking something that users had gotten used to yeah. and giving them that on their platform um, so that you know they were less inclined to go elsewhere and say if TikTok and Instagram stories have gotten people used to uh, seeing music and using music in their mm. content uh, Snapchat can give that to them there and you're right make people not want to go somewhere that doesn't have that but they could do the same thing now with all the other stickers and features yeah. that Instagram's bringing out well, Instagram's giving them a lot of good ideas to snatch uh, back themselves 100 percent so. and and you know we, we've, we've said this many time, times 2019 is the year of audio you know you mm. can remember we can both remember a year ago saying right you know 90 percent of people watch video in silent but maybe because there was no reason to really watch video with the sound yeah. on you know in, unless you were prompted to do so yeah. you know when you've got subtitles but Music, I think, you know, and it goes back to me being a massive music fan as well. There really is no substitute. You know, it complements visual mm. sort of video in a Everyone's way. Everyone's got that, their Air, AirPods in all the time now anyway. Oh, so. exactly. Yeah. So, so it's <laughs> easy solved. enough to do. Yeah. Although I did see a uh, stat recently, that, which was that Instagram will eclipse uh, Snapchat this year for time spent on the platform per average session. Really? So no, I thought, that you know, surprise me. Not, I'm not entirely sure on the numbers, but I feel like it was around a half an hour mark. And I think users were spending a minute more on Snapchat per session than Instagram users. And, you know, while Snapchat continues to uh, flatline, you know, users are going to be spending more time on Instagram. So, Do you think that's a product then of long form? Users spending more time on Instagram. Mate, it could be, potentially, yeah. yes. Poten potentially, it is a step in that direction. I mean, Instagram to me, it's definitely it's a bigger platform in every way now. Mm. You know, with, with, with Snapchat, you think you've got Snapchat, obviously Snapchat Stories, Discovery. You know, you've got all these different facets to yeah. Snapchat and I Instagram. It just discovers more. more of their sort of like long form alternative but even so that they're quite snappy still. Yeah. Like for like the, so the reason isn't it that Facebook brought out long form for Facebook and Instagram yeah. was to increase dwell time. So if these figures are coming through, maybe it's working out for them. Exactly, yeah. Could be a could be a step in the right direction. Um on to your favorite platform, I think, Twitter. <laughs> now I you say I, that every time we mention Twitter, I'm like, here it is. I, I still love Twitter. And I'm absolutely <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated half, half the time by some of the uh because because for me Twitter is, and you know, and and we've seen this from covering the news. Twitter is the one platform that always seems to be doing something. Yeah, it's always updating. It was, that wasn't always the case, this. though. No, no, That's it wasn't. I'm buzzing for them this year. It's just like, yeah, come on. Exactly. Like, update it was, after it was, update. It used to be the running joke, didn't it? That many some sort of Twitter updates were a bit weird. <laughs> Nobody really understood yeah. them, and they're a bit like. Why, why, why have they done that? I don't understand. But yeah. they, they really seem to be finding their feet at the moment which, with this line of improving the health of public conversation, mm. not trying to be a social media platform, not trying to be this, not trying to be that, just trying to be a forum where, you know, 
people are inclined to speak more often because they have the tools to do so yeah. and engage in these conversations much more easily. You yeah, know. definitely. I think um, from the updates we've seen this week as well, so Twitter um, is testing... Uh, like a direct sharing link so you can share tweets really easily with people that you DM the most. Um, and DMs on Twitter aren't as well used or as popular as say they are on Instagram or mm. like Facebook Messenger. Like they never have been. Um, you know, that hasn't really been the point of the platform. But I find it interesting to see that they are following Facebook's lead a bit uh, in this retrospect. The whole, you know, the future of social is private. Yeah. It's all going to be about private messaging, private sharing, focus social. Um, so the fact that Twitter is making it easier for people to direct message people that they talk to frequently um, shows that they're putting a, a push towards that as well. So they'll probably see uh, engagement figures increase um, in that uh, direct messaging space. Completely agree. We, we, we seldom sort of include uh, Twitter DMs within that dark social conversation. Yeah. Your mind instantly goes to Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram Direct, Facebook Messenger. You know, it, it's completely... Yeah. Um, one other thing that they introduced as well, uh, they, they've uh, been updating is their live offering I saw, mm. which was interesting. So this was one that I covered last week uh, in the WhatsApp news that we do. Um, and that was that uh, Twitter, uh, following Periscope's lead and with live video, you'll be able to have uh, free users go live, mm -hmm. up to free users go live together at once. So yeah. these sort of co-creation and co-collaboration tools. Yeah, which... definitely. It comes back to that again. It's like people-focused updates, what we're seeing across the board. Like they want exactly. everything to be very intimate, very personal, like more collaborative. Um, and uh, Instagram did that, didn't they? A while ago now, yep. brought out that collaborative live streaming. You've and that, like that's proved really popular. Stuff, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think Twitter's just hopping aboard that train. And to be fair, it makes sense. Like, I've never encouraged them just like copying other apps in mm, the past, like the way mm. that Facebook just clones features. Um, but Twitter, I think this time, is being smart with it. Like, it's it is taking the ideas. And again, it comes back to looking at what users across the board like on all platforms are growing used to and like refusing to be the only platform that doesn't give that to them yeah. uh, but Twitter you know it's not directly cloning these features from other platforms it's putting its own spin on it but I think it's good like it it needs to not play catch up in a sense, but people still regard it as the underdog platform. And, it very slowly um, blazes a trail of its own, doesn't yeah, it? In yeah, my definitely. Eyes, but it never loses its USP, which I think makes it a really, really special platform. Although in saying that, uh, one of the interesting things that I've found, and, and, and I think we both found through covering stories around Twitter, is it... It seems to at times have a bit of an identity crisis, and I don't mean. You think? How in, so? I don't mean in terms of the updates it brings out. I think everybody's very aware of what Twitter is and what Twitter is for. Yeah. But in terms of its sort of business persona and its own profile, and this has yeah, been. Yeah. Okay. This has been. Uh, <laughs> I won't argue with you that. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone follows Twitter's Twitter, you may have noticed in the past few months that they have just been tweeting really weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes they just don't make any sense, do they? It's very bizarre. I think the ones. Quite I, funny, the though. one I saw recently was the. Uh, Yes, there is an edit button. It exists in your head. Yeah, I retweeted <laughs> that one. Sort of Please, bro, I did share that one. That one made me laugh. A bit of sass on Twitter's part. And it, it, it's uh, it's interesting because we always used to, obviously, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of the company, sort of follow his lead in terms of conversation. It's very much about engaging everybody. And then they've gone down a slightly sort of irreverent route, which is interesting to us as copywriters, especially, you know, doing writing a multitude of tone of voice documents recently and how you should and how you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. speak on Twitter, yeah. um, in re in reaction to this, there's actually a job posting uh, going, which uh, 
you know, people listening to this may be interested in that they are looking for somebody to tweet from the official Twitter account to kind of set that tone of voice. Twitter Um, in chief. They've called it a Twitter, (laughs) yeah, Twitter in chief. Um, and the job spec for that is you need to have a, you know, obviously a, a, a big knowledge of uh, Twitter culture, of Stan culture, of internet culture. Have you told me this? So I'm uh, going to hand and, in my uh, resignation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, Just maybe, kidding. Maybe looking for a new social minds host soon <laughs> if, you, uh, if you're successful to this. But that, uh, that that's sort of brought a lot of comedy, I think, to the social media yeah. world to people saying, yeah. right, okay, finally, looking to sort this out. Yeah, like some but people uh, think it's a little bit cringeworthy. Like Twitter does that sometimes. Do you see the the TV advert they brought out like a good a few months ago now? I didn't know, I didn't. It, it, like that, that was a little bit cringeworthy to me. But like considering they're the only social platform that has its... Um, like oh, not an own, own tone of voice because other other platforms have their own tone mm, of voice as a brand, mm. but they are active on the platform that they live on. Yeah. So when do you see like a Facebook page by Facebook talking about anything that's not okay? So new updates to privacy. Yeah, and sharing. it's usually a blog post. Um, so we'll guys, get, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna focus on meaningful engagement because you know we want what matters to you, and yeah. it's all very corporate, and yeah. it still feels very like company driven. Yeah. Um, like they they don't ever act as a brand or or um not like a publisher like yeah they don't act as a brand in that way they just kind of are the host and they don't get involved yeah whereas I'd... twitter is doing that it's like showing brands hey this is how you can use the platform because this is how we're using it yeah albeit not successfully so I've heard I don't think any tweets I think they they don't average out more than 50,000 retweets I mean considering how many people use Twitter yeah one of, one of, one of the big differences how many people follow Twitter because you wouldn't you wouldn't think would you like to follow the platform on the platform well yeah you're, you're right the point in that Twitter doesn't have that kind of corporate tone of voice because I mean you mm. look at I think a lot of people agree you look at Facebook and you instantly think Zuckerberg you look at uh, YouTube and you instantly think uh, Susan, it's damage control exactly <laughs> damage yeah, control yeah. you sort of see the, the press, CEO behind yeah. that but we don't really get much from uh, Jack Dorsey on the back of this another thing that interested me is this uh, Twitter's going through a sort of a real existential crisis that it's been having all its life which is this uh, problem with uh, white supremacists uh, which is that they've 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 actually launched a study into whether they should keep white supremacists on the platform yeah. to sort of counter engage their arguments with counter conversation and to sort of encourage that debate between obviously left and you know far left and far right and you know this sort of political yeah, spectrum yeah that, that's always been a problem for it for the um for twitter hasn't it whether they should kick him off the platform yeah. totally Ollie, yeah. Ollie's actually just come over and said that he's had a look and twitter has what 56 million followers 56 million followers right yeah. okay so maybe <laughs> right, it's like, yeah good just like googling behind the scenes oh, going on yeah i'm just glad bring I'm, you the real facts i'm glad all. we cleared that up yeah <laughs> exactly but uh no it is an interesting one with twitter and uh, i think the the many sort of uh arguments that this is thrown up for and against it is a great platform and it does have a usp as you say yeah um but we will see It'll be interesting though as well how many people have been uh, involved in the beta, their experiment at Twitter without the E uh, to see. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, that's what, like, two more tests announced just this week. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna actually next time hold me to this. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna count up how many updates have happened since the beginning of this year because it it, it honestly has been loads. And I think by you know by the next time we do our next breaking social, there'll have been three more. I think the big question, you know, leaving this sort of podcast is where will the growth come from as well? Where will the sort of uh, Twitter's obviously got that that sort of core audience? But how do you grow a platform like that? So yeah, I guess it's just like like anything else making sure it's relevant to people who are coming of age to start using social mm, and giving mm. them a reason to come to Twitter, say, instead of Snapchat or TikTok or what have you. Completely agree. Well, I think that concludes the scene. Yeah, so, another one so, uh, Yeah, another one bites the dust, but it's been great catching up and uh, I'm sure the world will have changed another 100 times by the time we catch up. Yeah, now next, next time we do it, Instagram will go like, no, no, it's just vertical again. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll have Facebook TV and whatnot. We will see. But it definitely will be the sum of change, I think, so... We'll see. Cool. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 